Turn in your Bibles to the book of Galatians, the fifth chapter. I'm going to continue looking at Taken by Storm, the Christian Warfare. Galatians chapter 5, taking up in the 17th verse. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, and emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. We thank Thee, our Heavenly Father, for this another opportunity that You grant us to look into Thy Word. And we ask You to help us to remember the truths of Thy Word. Help us to bind them around our hearts, we pray. Guide us as a church in the way of truth. Keep Your protective hands upon us, our pastor and his family also as they're away. Bless the meeting up there, we pray and ask in Homestead. Bless the services here, we pray and ask also. Pray for our country that you'd have mercy upon it. Keep us mindful of the Lord's return and looking for it. It's in Christ's name, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask. And amen. As I said, we're going to continue on and stay heaven taken by storm. We're told to walk in the Spirit. We're told that you cannot do the things that you would. Things that are right for other people are not necessarily right for the Christian. In order to take heaven by storm, you must war against the flesh, which is what we see here in this fifth chapter. It's called the works of the flesh, as it lists them there in verses 17, well, actually verses 19. Through 21, but it also lists the fruits of the Spirit. And the Spirit, notice it's a capital S, which is pointing to the Holy Spirit of God. The fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. And it also lists the works of the flesh. There is always in the Christian the desire to pray, to study scripture, to love our neighbor, to do good unto others, to love instead of hate. That definitely should be found in all Christians. And of course the others, we have to fight them day and night, tooth and nail. Do we hate the indwelling of sin with us? As long as we have these 
old Adamic bodies, we're going to have that. In this same book of Galatians, in the fourth chapter, the great allegory there, speaks about Abraham's two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. Which things are an allegory? For these are the two covenants, which is the law and the covenant of grace. The one from Mount Sinai, which points to the law, which gendereth to bondage, which is Agar, as the mother of Ishmael was Hagar. For this Agar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is as and it is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, that's the new Jerusalem, the city that we seek, it's free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice thou barren that bearest not, Break forth and cry, thou that travailest not. Speaking about spiritual children. For the desolate hath many more children than she which hath an husband. Prayer is a great weapon that we have. That and the Word of God. Of course, we have the Christian armor. That's often been read there. You find it there in the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil in that day, and having done all to stand. Most people this day and age concern themselves little with the Christian armor. But after having been made an idiot myself, not wearing the Christian armor as I should. And if you look back in your life, you'll find that a lot of trouble you would have avoided, we'd all find, we would have all have avoided, had we had the Christian armor on. The best of saints are still sinners. This is where the cross comes in. A cross leads the body that carries it. Christ said to his disciples, If any will any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up the cross, his cross, and follow me. We must deny the flesh and seek the spirit, I guess, would be the best way to describe it. It could be really reason that the flesh is a type of machine, because these bodies are probably considered the most advanced bodies. And it's the interesting part I've seen in a Facebook post here sometime back. The greatest machine ever made, and yet they say it has no designer. That's the atheist. Automobiles, one little flaw in them, and they don't work right. The body oftentimes has the ability to heal itself. In the 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 27 Actually I just had to turn back a few pages 1 Corinthians 9 and 27 Isaiah also cried concerning Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, a remnant shall be saved. 
there's going to be more wicked than there will be righteous. There's going to be more people that live in the flesh than live in the spirit. And all those lost are looking at us. We're going to, we're to like it or not, we're an example to them. Second Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and 8. Paul wrote, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And we discussed earlier this morning the warfare, the Christian warfare that he fought. He also goes on to talk about the crown that's laid up for him. In this we see heaven is going to come at, with warfare. Paul wrote, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I become a man, I put away childish things. Great athletes deny themselves certain foods, certain leisure. They spend their time exercising, all to gain the upper hand on their competition to win the award. We're told in the book of Hebrews, wherefore seeing we are we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is before us. Now, so far we've seen today that you got a war against the flesh. you got to deny yourself a fleshly lust. You've got to do it with patience. You got to do it not exacting revenge. On and on we can go. It's a tough fight. If you keep adding up all the things that it's commanded for us in this Christian life, as far as the law goes, we can't keep that either, but nowhere are we permitted to break the law. It's a tough fight. We're told in Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. The more we see the law of Christ, love God, love thy neighbor, it's impossible. I mean, if we think about it, it's impossible for man that's in the flesh to definitely let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. With patience. That's tough. We have, however, Christ as our advocate at the right hand of the Father. Romans speaks about that. We have the Holy Spirit, the double portion as it's called, Paul wrote in the Philippian epistles, I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. But what can you do without Christ? That's the chief question. We can do nothing but fail. Galatians chapter 2, verse 17.
But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we are, ourselves are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Paul wrote in the Corinthians also that he did not want to become a castaway. That's another thing that we have to address. We're not permitted to fall into sin. We can become comfortable. We can become dormant. We read this morning in Isaiah 64 how they sold themselves, the Jews had into sin. We can become dull and drowsy. Paul wrote to the, the writer of the Hebrews, upbraided them because they should have been teachers. Instead, they needed to be taught again. We can fall into those traps. Malachi chapter 3. Well, what's the cure for all this? We're to serve. And if we spend our time in service of the Master, it'll keep our minds off of what we're missing in the flesh. That's for one thing for sure. Malachi chapter 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened. If they're fearing the Lord and speaking often to one another, they're in communion. They're into, into the Word as we read on. And the Lord hearkened and heard it, and a book of remembrance was written before Him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon His name. Let's be Christ-like in our hearts and in our actions. And it goes on to say, And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in the, that day when I make up my jewels. And I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. We need to ask ourselves from time to time, are we serving the Lord or are we serving self? When the children of Israel come out of Egypt in Exodus, it's found in Exodus chapter 17, when the children of Israel fought with the Amalekites. Perhaps you will remember that account there. That's when Moses, when he would hold up his hands, the children of Israel would prevail. When he let them down, they were put to the worst. To be successful, and this is a type of prayer, holding up the hands, and he had to get, get Aaron, who was the high priest, and Hur, who was name means purity, pointing to the Holy Spirit, the double portion. To be successful, it's going to be through prayer, through following the leadings of God the, in the person of the Holy Spirit and with the Word of God, which is pointing all to Christ. This is what Paul was alluding to. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. We have weapons, but we must use them, I guess is the point that I'm making. During World War II, Great Britain was faced with the task of warding off the German military, the Luftwaffe as they were called. 
when asked what would we what can we do because Germany was far advanced far more advanced in military might Churchill said we will fight them in the sea we will fight them on the land we will fight them in the air as a Christian we must fight the flesh everywhere the flesh goes which where we go we must fight them within prayer we must fight them in obedience to the word just like Christ did when he was tempted of the devil thus saith the word warfare is the Christian warfare is indeed a full-time job I guess you could say in the final analysis We need the Christian armor on at all times because the enemy is going to come when you least expect it. We looked this morning at the types of soils there in the 13th chapter of Matthew when the one that planted the good seed said, An enemy hath done this. How did the enemy know unless the enemy was watching? He knew whose field there were. You see, back in those days, it wasn't anything uncommon. If you had an enemy, you would wait till he planted his crops and you'd sow it in, at nighttime in salt, and that'd destroy his food supply because the soil wouldn't grow anything. The enemy is always watching. You can't see them. That's what I said earlier this morning. We must take the shield of faith where we'll be able to quench all their darts. Those darts are intended for us and there's many kinds of them. As we all know, the wicked don't come with a horns and a pitchfork. We know what happened to Mama Eve in the garden. When the woman saw the tree was good for food and was pleasant to the eyes, she was defeated right there. That's where man fell into sin. The enemy knows the tricks of the trade and they don't give up. Anyway, when we think about God's Word and we study God's Word or hear God's Word, about how many minutes can you go? You need to ask yourselves, can you go before your mind starts drifting off on something else? The greatest orators, I'm talking the Spurgeons, those that air, great orators. From what I understand, they could hold people's attention maybe 20 to 30 minutes most. They might hold a preacher or somebody that's really a sound theologian a long time, but most of the time our minds start wandering. This is something we also need to guard against. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, 1 Peter 1, 13. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end 
for the grace that is brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, one thing we know that payday is not going to come until we meet the Lord. Either we part this life, go to be with Him, or He calls us out in the rap, what we call the rapture. It's going to be a long battle. It's going to be a fierce battle. It's going to be the first part of the battle is going to be for the mind. That's what Peter is addressing here. Gird up the loins of your mind. That which should be covered, the loins. Be sober. Be mindful. This is where the battle is the hottest. And Solomon wrote in the book of Ecclesiastes, there is no discharge in that war. There's a good illustration of this found over in the book of Joshua. We've often heard about the two that came out of Egypt in the Exodus. That's Joshua and Caleb. Joshua, Old Testament Jesus, and Caleb, the dog, a man and his dog. That's in typology. In the book of well, it's in Numbers. Let's go to the book of Joshua, as I said. Joshua 14, verse 5. Numbers gives the account when they went in and spied out the land and then still wouldn't take it. Joshua chapter 14. He made an interesting statement that I've always been impressed by. Joshua 14 verse 5. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did and they as they divided the land. Then the children... I'm still in the right place. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land, and I brought him word again as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people to melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And behold, and now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. And yet I am as strong as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. That's something we should always keep in mind. Our strength will be, uh, as it's written in Isaiah, I think, 40, as our 
days are. But notice verse 12. Now therefore give me this mountain whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord has said. Give me a mountain. If you, if you want to stay clear of trouble, ask the Lord for that mountain. He'll give it to you. There's a lot of work. There's a, the church, the Lord's churches need people, and we see them getting fewer and fewer. Things seem to be going in the wrong direction. But we know, as Christ said, we read the Gospel of Luke, when the Son of Man returns, shall he find faith. Caleb's life, even though his name was Dog, we read that he kept what the Lord commanded him to do. Numbers chapter 13, verse 30, 30 and 31. Numbers 13, 30 and 31. He kept the faith as we call it today. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Now it was estimated some years back <coughs> when I asked, What do you really suppose the ratio is in the church house of lost versus saved? It's a very slim number. Some of the highly schooled Baptist of yesterday said maybe 4%. That's scary. We see this day and age, few entering into the church. The church is growing weaker. In the book of Joshua, we just read there in chapter, well, I guess it's chapter 14, about Caleb wanting a mountain. He was not a, a fearful soldier. He was a bold soldier. It only stands to reason that we need to ask ourselves, are we looking for a mountain? Are we looking to take heaven by storm? How did the Lord war against the tempter? That's our great example. Everything he did was the same. It is written. I'll turn over to the, this time to the book of Luke, the fourth chapter. First of all, we read Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the Holy Spirit to be tempted. 
being forty days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now this is where Christ restores that which was lost, which is man's right to eat of the tree of life. Man lost it in the best of conditions. He had no needs and lost it. Christ was hungered for forty days and forty nights. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that thou shalt not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. You're going to have to take the word of God along in order to know what is written. Then the devil taketh him up into a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil has a lot of ability. He's the prince over those kingdoms during these times. The New York cities, Shanghai, China. He knew all about them then. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them that is delivered unto me. And obviously it was. Christ didn't dispute that. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. This is why you see the wicked in places of authority. Don't be surprised that we have some of the most wicked politicians. Look at who's behind them. That's who he wanted to give it to. That's why he gives the musical ability and the popularity to some of these wicked musicians that we often read about. And Jesus answered and said unto, them, unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. You, it's, in the Christian warfare, we're going to often stand alone. The world ain't going to want to give us any time of day. And he brought him into Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle in the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from thence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. And in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Who is God? Christ. God in the flesh. And when the devil had ended the temptation, he departed from him for a season. He's going to return. Our life's going to be a life of warfare. It only stands to reason that we learn how to use our weapons. <clears throat> Back to 2 Corinthians, which we looked at earlier, and then we'll close. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse... 3 through 7, oh, as we already read. Verse, well, let's just read it all again. Verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. That's, if you're fighting in the flesh, you're fighting by sight. Things that you can see. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not aimed at the flesh. They're not bombs, planes, and tanks. It's prayer and fasting. Mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. How's that mighty? 
because you're relying on God. You think he's not able? He's able. Casting down imagination. There are reasonings, as the footnote says. When we reason things out in our mind, that's our thinking, our way of thinking. As one post on Facebook, I seen a person said, Why are you taking me through water? Because the enemy can't swim. God sees the end from the beginning. Everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and there's a, many of an, many an enemy, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, or to be made like Christ, conformed unto His image, as we're told in Romans chapter eight, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do you look on the things that are the outward appearance? That's most people. When Samuel was sent to anoint David, David's brothers passed before him and Samuel said, it's none of these. Then come this little shepherd boy. The last one anybody was would have suspected. Now sometime back you may remember I've had a little lesson on the doorkeeper of the Lord's house that I believe during the millennial reign of Christ you walk through it the first person, you're probably going to meet David. Nobody would suspect him. The stone of stumbling. Do you not look on the things that are of the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him of himself think this again, that as he is Christ, even so we are even so are we Christ. For though I should boast somewhat more of our authority, which the Lord hath given us for edification and not for your destruction, I would not be ashamed. Paul goes on speaking about the Christian warfare. Verse 14, For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reached not unto you. For we are come as far as to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope that when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. To preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand, but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. 